1: Welcome, everybody, and my listening family. I'm happy today to be sitting with Tal Mandelbaum. Tal is a social psychologist, founder of choosing connectcom where she teaches principles of spiritual connection in relationships, pregnancy, and spiritual development. And Tal is actually talking to us from Israel, is that right?
0: That's right. Hi, Bob. Wonderful.
1: Well, welcome to our podcast, Tal, I'm going to ask you, if you would, today, to tell us a little bit about your background story. And I think what we're going to be making our way to also is to learn a little bit more about Kabbalah and what that has to tell us about the topic of healing. So let's begin with your personal journey, if you would.
0: Okay. Well, it's interesting that my my path to spirituality, my story, really is a story that began with healing. Um, I was always in, inquisitive and I had questions of meaning, uh, but it wasn't until my early twenties when I began to experience a lot of physical pain that, that pushed me, uh, my spiritual path in a very powerful way. Um, it was in my early twenties, I was already kind of, you know, learning. I was, I was doing my, um, my master's, not my master's, but my first degree in psychology. I was at university and I began to experience all this physical pain in my leg and, and that kind of pushed me to seek uh, more answers like mind-body um, methods and teachings and that sort of thing. Um, and I was I started to do Vipassana meditation. I was working closely with a Buddhist monk for two years. Um, and I was, doing, uh, I was working for a coaching uh, company that was getting me in touch with all kinds of um, spiritual personas. I met with Deepak Chopra and with Robin Sharma. Um, and during this time, I also, after two years of pain, of not knowing where that pain co- was coming from and really trying to find answers all over the place in all kinds of uh, methods and healing methods. Um, I finally came to a place where, you know, I just couldn't continue living anymore. I couldn't walk anymore. It was really terrible. But my life came to a complete halt. And at that moment, I guess I was already ready to hear the diagnosis. And I realized I was suffering from from cancer, from bone cancer. And that was a pretty harsh thing to discover at 24. Uh, And at first it was um, quite devastating but then because I had already been uh, on a spiritual path, I, I guess it just dawned on me that this was, um, not the end, but the beginning of really being able to go after what I wanted most, which was enlightenment, which which was spiritual growth and and development. Um, so you stopped me anywhere because I could go on. Um,
1: Keep going. We want to hear this story unfold.
0: Okay. So, so yeah, so at the time, um, you know, with the diagnosis and everything, and I I stopped, obviously I stopped my studies at university and it was like, I had all the time I wanted and needed and all the legitimacy as well to do what I wanted. My soul yearned for most, which was a search for, for my spiritual path and for answers for my existential questions and at first it was very much a search for healing and for answers for for a cure so I, I believe that there has to be an emotional and spiritual component to healing besides the healing of the body i, I felt it i mean I, I resisted um the you know the um, uh, the, the doctors and the whole concepts of, of western medicine but i i realized that i needed its help i, I was already at a stage where i needed help of western medicine but i did want to um parallel to that to find um, a deeper healing and i knew that it was just as important so i was doing all kinds of uh, alternative medicine um, from shiatsu and and um, acupuncture and herbs and that sort of thing but i was also very much on a spiritual search um and at that time i was still kind of picking up different books. I would go to the you know the store and pick up a new book every few weeks. And, and it was nice, but it wasn't enough. And I remember there was this one point where I would go up north, the north of Israel, uh, to meet my Buddhist teachers who were teaching me the meditation. And at one time I spoke to them. One of them was from Thailand. And I told him I was like really proudly and happily telling him of all the books I was learning at the time. I was like, I'm, I was, I told him I'm reading uh, Deepak Chopra and I'm reading Byron Katie and I'm reading Louise Hay and I'm reading all of these books from all of these teachers. And then his response was really surprising and kind of upsetting. I would say he said basically that what I was doing was wrong. He said, no, that's not good. And so I asked him, why is that not okay? He said, well, you have to focus um you're spreading yourself all over the place you have to focus and it's better it's best if you focus on something that is authentic you have to go to the source and then he said you have to choose he said either choose the book of the buddha or the bible and i remember sitting there and there i was the secular jewish israeli sitting there looking at him like what did you just say like what am i going to do with the bible i i want to reach enlightenment I, I want you know spiritual development i don't know what i could do with the bible the bible is a book that i read in high school and i had to memorize the stories and they were like okay but it never gave me any sense of, of uh, an actual spiritual path so a lot of time passed uh, after he had said that to me and i kept searching listening and, and then one day, I was listening to, tele- to the television. We had like a spirituality channel on Israeli TV. And um, a rabbi with a white beard started talking. And he had a whole lot of books behind him. And it's funny because I had gone through so many different methods and, and, and paths. And Kabbalah was really the last on my list. It was like the last one on my list. And suddenly, I was listening to a Kabbalist. And the things that he said, I, I will never forget. Because when he was speaking, I felt like all these pieces of the puzzle that I had been searching for started falling into their place. And he had all these books behind him, and, and I remember thinking, "Wow, how? Why didn't I find any of these books? I've been looking for so long. And I, I couldn't find the, I couldn't find Kabbalah until that moment." Um, and then that that was just the beginning. I mean, I had gone through a lot, but that prepared me to really hear what my teacher then was saying and to really realize that I was hearing what I was searching for all, the, whole, the whole time. And what Kabbalah was uh, giving me that I hadn't found anywhere else was a real um, understanding of the story of who we are, where it started, where creation started, where it's going, the whole process. Like finally, somebody was telling me, giving me the bigger picture and where I fit in and I felt like it was also giving me a real path to um, to healing, but not just physical healing, but really the healing of the soul. Um, yeah, so that's how I found Kabbalah and kind of <laughs> told you my story in a nutshell, but it was um, a pretty intense time.
1: What about your, the, the cancer? What, can you fit that into the story and take us through Uh, what happened from the time you were diagnosed and, and, and on?
0: Well, um, it took about a year and a half of treatments and I had an operation and radiotherapy and all the chemotherapy and all that stuff, uh, for a year and a half. And during that time, uh, as I said, I was doing all kinds of other alternative medicine as well. Um, and yeah, and that, that was it. It it left me with a handicap. Um, but as you can hear from my story, my focus the whole time was not so much on my body, but more on my spiritual search and my spiritual healing. And that I feel that that was really part of the healing itself because, um, because i I know now that this, that the illness itself was pressure that I was experiencing that was coming to me from the system that we are part of. The, you can call it higher guidance or God, or I'll call it the system of nature that was pressuring me to, I had to, I had to progress. I had to move forward in my evolution and, and that pressure came to, to make me do that. And I believe that every illness is, is a form of pressure that is pushing us to grow. And especially if we haven't uh, been fast enough or swift enough in our, in, our, in our spiritual evolution or in our personal evolution, then we'll experience all kinds of pressure to help us move forward. And I think that what we're experiencing globally right now is that kind of pressure. It's an illness, it's a, it's a pandemic, but it's, it's happening to push us to move forward in our evolution
1: it's a metaphor for the entire, what's going on globally. The, the, your individual story is like a metaphor for what's happening on the planet. I agree. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more, like suppose somebody is listening who recently was diagnosed with cancer or or some other serious illness. What would you tell them about what you've been through and can you universalize this? I guess that's what I'm what I'm asking. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, well, there are I guess there are different levels where you can talk about it. Um, if you look at it from um, like a, I'll start from a higher perspective. From a higher perspective, I would say that you can imagine that we as human beings are like cells in the body of humanity, and when there is an imbalance in that system, when it is not in harmony, then there will be illness that appears in different places in that body. And in Kabbalah, especially um, the illness, or the problem, we'll talk about it that way, of of humanity is our human ego, uh, which separates us from who we truly are, from nature, from connectedness. And much like a cancerous cell that is disconnected from the whole and it completely acts independently of the whole and therefore brings the destruction upon the body and upon itself because it's not in connection and it's not operating in connection and it doesn't take into account the needs of the whole it's it's completely um disconnected so so cancer is really speaking of metaphors cancer is like a metaphor for the human disease for, for human ego so if we're talking from a very high point of view the reason we're seeing so much of this illness today is because the human ego is gone completely out of proportion and we're not correcting it we're not healing that separateness and that uh, selfishness and um, disconnect between people and and their societies and nature and you know we can see what human beings are doing to the planet and to other people today so If we're speaking on a global level, then healing of of all the problems, including cancer, um, will happen through our uh, healing of the ego and an education for connection, which is what I work for and to do and um, my teacher teaches as well. But um, of course, when you go through something like this personally, it doesn't really help to know that you're suffering because of all of humanity. You know, you want to find the solutions here and now. So, what I would say to someone who is experiencing this is to first know that nothing is a coincidence, and every illness or any any pain that occurs in your life is also happening, coming to you from love. As hard as it is to accept it, as difficult as it is to acknowledge that it's it's coming from a good place, it really is more of an invitation to, to grow your soul and your spirit above your body because an illness like that i mean any pain really but an illness like that um, most definitely it really pressures you to find um, solace for your existential questions and it, it kind of pushes you out of your body because you realize the body is not eternal it's not a safe place and it makes you feel like you have to find something higher than that. And in that sense, it's, it's, give, it's like a great service to you because it, it speeds up um, your path to finding the, your true self, your eternal self. And often, you know, we human beings, we don't really want to change. and We like to be comfortable where we are. And we don't really uh, necessarily see that there is any potential to be more than we are and then if you if you experience something as difficult as this the beginning is is certainly you know it's tough to handle but once you kind of uh you know that kind of relaxes i think if you can find a way to turn it as an to an into an opportunity for spiritual growth then it can become your greatest greatest blessing
1: that is a great great way to put it i i really like how you articulated this the part that I'd like to explore a little bit more is your personal path back to Kabbalah. In other words, you know, we, we, it seems like the story that, that at least I hear more often here in the United States is somebody who begins from their own personal religion and then their spiritual quest takes them away to something far off but it's much less common that it brings you back to where you started. And I'd like to have you talk a little bit more about that path. Um, Did you, for example, did you begin from a real traditional upbringing of Judaism or not? And, And how exactly did you learn all of the things that you learned along the way?
0: Okay, great question. Well, I started from a very, very secular place. Uh, My family was not traditional at all. Um, My father is a scientist, and my mother is a teacher, and you know, we have respect for the traditions and we always um, like to do them. But I always, growing up, I always felt very disconnected from religion. In fact, in Israel, there is a great disconnect between secular, the secular part of society and, and the orthodox or religious part of society. And I grew up feeling that very much. I mean, I remember when I was in the Israeli army, we always have like, you know, the traditions where you light the the candles and, and people would say the prayers. And I would always feel very like, like a stranger, like I didn't know things to say. I didn't know like the prayers. I I was felt really uncomfortable. Like it didn't really belong to me in a sense. It wasn't really mine because it wasn't religious. Um, but I think that too serves a purpose because when I found Kabbalah ultimately after, like you said, I had to go really far. I had to go all the way to the Eastern traditions and methods and, and What didn't i learn i mean reiki and buddhism and and shamanism and i i really went through so many things and and by the way i was supposed to go on a trip to thailand where i planned to go to a monastery where i i wanted to meditate under the you know practice with this teacher there a very um uh, renowned teacher and the pain that i was experiencing uh prevented me from going so i ended up staying in israel and finally enough, funny enough, the teacher, one of the teachers from Thailand came to Israel. So I ended up doing my Vipassana with a teacher from Thailand. I didn't have to go anywhere. I could stay here in Israel. And then finally, um, like you said, through him, I realized that the answers were really not not in Buddhism, not in Thailand, but right under my nose. And and I also, I, I always felt envious of, of the Indian traditions and, and the spirituality in India and in Thailand. I always thought, wow, you know, these nations have such, such great spiritual traditions and backgrounds. And I had no idea of what was in my background. And that is one of the interesting things about Kabbalah, that it's, it's hidden, it's completely concealed because Kabbalists themselves actually concealed it until it would be time to, to reveal it again um, because it needs to be approached with, with a very certain, um, certain um, intention and approach, and which is, which is why it was actually a good thing that I'm a secular person who approached Kabbalah for my very uh, clean kind of spiritual need to evolve my soul and none of the traditional ideas or religious ideas or beliefs, because it, I really need to, and, and this is what Kabbalah is, it's it's only, it's like a universal teaching of how to evolve your soul and expand your consciousness. And it's very far from the religious concepts that we have. There's no belief. You're not supposed to blindly believe in anything. Um, nobody's going to tell you what what to believe in. It's really a practical method, a kind of even scientific method where you have to, discover and and attain it's called attainment you have to attain uh your answers yourself so in so in in that sense being secular was actually a, a benefit in in coming to kabbalah i didn't have to relearn anything i was a clean slate when it came to judaism so i hope that answered your question
1: that is a perfect point for us to end on today tal Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. I think our audience is going to really look forward to our next episode when we get to go a little bit more deeply into the teachings themselves and the people who have influenced you the most. So thank you so much for being with us.
0: Thank you so much,
1: Bob. And thank you, listeners. Please tune in for part two.
0: This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better
1: world.